Hello everyone, I am Burn Beauty 2018, and I am here this evening with my brother, well, my brother cousin, Ozzy Goto. You know him as Cousin Ozzy if you're on the Burn the Ambition group. Hey, Ozzy. Hey, I love you. <laughs> you. You all know him from Burn the Ambition, and I have the pleasure of being here with him today to do episode eight of our podcast, which is about transformation. And both Ozzy and I have a lot of personal experience in transformation yeah, as well. We've been through a, been through a couple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you've been through a few. And, and we also have a lot of experience with talking with you all, that, with, with our family. Yeah. Um, and we... We love that. So this week I wanted to talk about transformation and there's no one better to do it with than Cousin Ozzy. Um, thank you again. Thank you for joining us. If you're watching us on YouTube, please remember, subscribe, like, comment, and share. And if you're on Facebook, it'll continue to flow. Just follow us and you can just watch us from there. And I will hand it over now to my brother, <laughs> Ozzy, to do our introduction and what we're gonna set our intention for what we're talking about this week. Yeah, well, the intention is we want to talk about transformation and transformation at the heart of it is all about acceptance. So welcome, welcome, welcome every one of our cousins and to this podcast. And we're gonna be talking about the gifts of acceptance of transformation because it is so critical. So today we're going to be discussing a topic that is absolutely incredibly important and relevant to burn survivors. And not just that, we're going to talk about the relevancy of this to us, you know, burn survivors like my sister Tanya and all of the members of the Burn Ambition Group, and also our families and caregivers. Transformation is a journey that can be both challenging and rewarding. It's a journey that requires resilience. It's gonna require determination from you. And most importantly, again, is acceptance. Now we all know that acceptance is absolutely not always easy. Oh my God, it can be so difficult to accept changes in our bodies in particular, our emotions and our lives that come from burn injuries in particular. But acceptance is literally the key to finding peace, healing, and ultimately transformation. Acceptance is the key that unlocks the door to a brighter future and it allows us to let go of the past because there's no way I can go back and grow another set of these Okay, so it lets us let go of the past, then we can embrace the present and create a new vision for the future. And that's where the yumminess is right there, that we get to use this new normal in order to create a beautiful, wonderful future for ourselves, our families, our friends, our loved ones. Now, throughout this podcast, we will be sharing inspiring stories of burn survivors and regular people too that have gone on to live fulfilling and meaningful lives. And that's the key. We will also be sharing stories of gratitude 
that we have for family, for caregivers, medical professionals, and therapists that are going to give you insights on the importance of acceptance in the healing and transformation process. And so welcome, cousins. We love you unconditionally, and we are so honored, both of us, my sister and myself, eh? We're so honored that you're here and that you're giving us this slice of your life, this little time. It's so important. Now, today, we're going to do all of that fun talking. And then at the end, to put a little tiny cherry on top of this beautiful cake we're going to be building today of a guided meditation. So that when we finish, if you have had all kinds of emotional upheavals throughout, because this is not easy emotionally, we want to bring you home to rest in the knowledge that you are loved and we want to relax you and take you to that special place where you can let go of your worries and open your eyes to all of the possibilities that you have in front of you because guess what? We are your family cousins and we are here to support you and encourage you and love you, especially those times that you're feeling down. All right, sis? especially. And yeah. for everyone who doesn't know, you know, what, um, from the time I met Ozzy, I don't know how long ago, it feels like a, we've been together forever. Yeah. Um, you know, from that time, he's always been so supportive. And the main thing I took from what he just said was when he spoke about setting your intention when you're in your new normal, because you're going to hear that so much in the hospital and from therapists and from, you know, all, all professionals and support groups you are going to hear getting used to your new normal. And when you're a burn survivor or a trauma survivor, you know, my new normal changes every time my surgeon picks up his scalpel. So yeah. my normal yeah. has to be inside me. It has to be an intention that I have set. And that it took me a while to learn that. But once I set that intention, then nothing could change it. And my intention was to help other burn survivors. Yeah. Not well, afraid of and we, and, and we really do hope that by listening to this podcast today, you will gain that new perspective on the gift again that acceptance is an absolute, it's a gift. And how it's going to lead to true transformation. So one of the things that we want you to do, if you can, grab a cup of coffee. All right? Or a bottle of water. A damn one. <laughs> yeah, well, well, sit back and let's start this journey together. This is so exciting to be able to share with you our ups and downs and well, our new normal. What got me this week, I'll go ahead and tell my stories, because you have a lot yeah, of yeah. stories, but what, I don't know, I, I made a post about it, about how I was feeling so grateful. It was probably about 11 o'clock the other night, and I had realized that I had made a post about you know, not being upset when people stare at your scars. And in my post, posing and doing all this, and you can see my scars on my arms, right? They're there and they're on my face. They're, 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 they're there. 
You're there. And, yeah. yeah. There. But you know what? I realized that day that people aren't seeing them. I got so many messages. We had to watch this over and over again. So that wow. part, I think, Cousin Ozzy, was that I wasn't keeping up with myself. I hadn't accepted how much things have changed for me on the outside, and I hadn't accepted how much people just really don't care. They're looking at me, yeah. me and what I'm trying to put out into the universe. That's what people are seeing. Yeah. I think that's what I always see in people. It's fascinating because I, 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 I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe one of the cousins will correct me, but I think it was Maya Angelou that said people are not going to remember what you said. They're going to remember how you made them feel. Yeah, that, right? that's yeah. People are not going to remember, may not remember what you said, and they may not remember what you did, but they will always remember how you made them feel. How you made them feel. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Always. And I think one of the things that you just brought up that you just like it totally lit me up is remembering how when I was 11 and I blew off my hands, then at the age of 44 when I had the heart attack, and then I was in 2014 when I had the stroke. Those are like the three most humongous major in the body events that occurred to me. Right. And I'm remembering that at each one of those events, my body had been absolutely instantly transformed, right? right? But my heart, my mind, my being refused to accept what had happened. Right. Refused to catch up with the new body image. Keep up with and, Yes, yeah. And, and, I, and a little later on, I, I do want to share a story of something that happened uh, towards the end of last year where it's going to illustrate. I hope that my, 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 my existence will teach you the importance of acceptance in order for transformation to actually be healthy. Healthy. Because I ran away, sister, for 40 seven years 47 years of not accepting at a really really deep profound level what had happened right. i pushed that so deep so deep so deep so deep so deep that after 47 years at the age of 58 already like man after 30 years of marriage and two sons and nephews and nieces and now grandnephews and grandnieces all that time i had drowned a little 11 year old boy uh, feeling sorrow that entire time and i never let him speak up and i'll tell you about a dream that i had that was the most transformational dream of my life and we'll get into that a little later because <laughs> Go ahead, sis. Yeah. I was like, I was ready. I was waiting. <laughs> oh, no, no, because otherwise it, it wouldn't be a cliffhanger. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I understand that. And last week, 
um, I talked about acceptance and I was really just kind of going through something just, you know, personal. And I, I didn't speak long when I came on last week, but I spoke my heart about accepting that these scars aren't going away. The f- yeah. I can't unburn myself. The fire and the PT- and the fear and the PTSD associated with it is always going to be part of me. But also part of me is the fact that I finally learned that I can't change that. And as soon as I did that, I thought, well, what am I? doing because I feel so grateful to still be here. I'm not worried about whether I have scars on my arms or whether I can wear short sleeve shirts or things like that. And I felt so grateful and thankful. And that's where the transformation occurred to me. And I started posting my pictures to social media because I so desperately wanted to show everyone like me, like, look, look, you can do it. I couldn't particularly articulate it at the time as I can now and as you can, but I felt it in my heart and I knew what my heart wanted to do. And that was walking in my purpose. That was just walking in faith that what I was doing was the right thing. And I think that's huge for, for us. And I, I want to, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to add to what you just said. No, I was just thinking of the pain of, you know, for me, I got hurt at 45 and I was in the house for two and a half years, but your hand was injured at the age of 11. Yeah, 11 years old. And and, and you just said it was last year when you came to accept. To accept it. Yeah, to accept it, to really accept that I had suffered that. Yeah. So I, what I had wanted to add to that that wonderful, wonderful um, thought that you just said is the fact that um, if you happen to be a person that has a spiritual practice, right? Like our, our beautiful nurse Jackie, I love how she jumps in all the time, man. She's such an uplifting spirit in Burned Ambition. Yes, she, and, is. Uh, she has a vibrant spiritual practice, and and I do as well. I am a Buddhist, and I am a, I was raised Christian, and I am a non-believing Buddhist. In other words, I have no beliefs as such. I behave in the world as a Christian because that's how I was raised. Right. And for me, Buddhism has been a doorway because of the meditations in particular, and also the, the idea that, I love that Buddhism has the acceptance that life is suffering. Life is suffering, right? It's accepting it from the core. It's like, oh my God, you know, your teeth are gonna hurt. One day they're gonna fall out. You're gonna get old, you're gonna get wrinkly. Um, some of your family members will die um, and you will too. Right. And so it's like literally accepting the full, full, full journey of life. Now, when we do this and we are spiritually practicing, when we don't accept the new normal, we are literally, literally, and I know that Jackie will love this one. We are actually taking it like this, man. 
mountains and mountains and mountains of blessings and we are throwing them away oh. as if they don't matter as if they don't matter and if you believe in god and if you are coming from a christian perspective i think one of the most beautiful healthiest things that christianity has to offer is the fact this idea that god literally tells you hey I want you to take your burdens, all of them, all of them. Take all of those burdens, leave them at my feet, and then I want you to go play, go play, go live a good life. I'll take care of those burdens for you. I'm going to take care of them. Now, what's beautiful about that concept is that in order for me to put my burdens at the feet of Christ, I must literally accept them, carry them over, okay, faithful, and then drop them. So acceptance, leaving your burdens at the feet of Christ is not about ignorance, ignoring it. Right. It's not about turning away and saying, oh, my God, that didn't happen. Oh, my God, look at this. I don't have, I, I got a full hand now that I left this at the feet of Christ. And so. I understand that. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I understand that. For, so, for me, I, that really, okay, so <laughs> I always say that, um, you know, once you've accepted it, then, you, you know, that is what frees you up. And I didn't really think through why, but it's because you are just releasing it and saying, okay, that's not something I can fix or handle or change. So I just need you to take it or you if you're not, you're not Christian or the okay. universe yeah. to take it, just... Yeah. You not to take it. You yeah. It need to be in yeah you're, you're giving you yourself an opportunity to breathe for a minute. It's so and important. So yeah, it's so important. And the other thing that I think is so beautiful, so awesome. I have a I have a series of nurses and doctors and and friends of mine that are psychologists because that's one of the things I wanted to touch on. That for for those forty seven years. And I'll tell you why exactly it happened. I'm going to trace it back to the exact moment of when I just was literally like, and oh, I want to say something that I, I curse. Oh, I yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it to the, uh, to the stroke. You're going to, you're going to spell it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll spell it. I'll spell it. I'll spell it. But the point is that, uh, the point <laughs> is that, um, the um it's natural it's natural because of the amount of pain that we have experienced it's natural to want to push it away yes there's, there's nothing wrong with that you're not going crazy you're not being weak right okay you're not being weak that is part of our body our mind being a human being has given us the ability to put things aside until we can handle them, until we have the energy, the strength. But it's also important, and you'll see why a little later again, that when we do push it aside, um, it's super duper unhealthy because it affects your marriage, it'll affect Yes. your career it'll affect all of your interpersonal relationships every single one of them 
And I refused to go to any therapist, to any therapist in all those 47 years. And now, if we are ready, now I'll tell you the story. You didn't get to a therapist in all those years. No, 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 I did not. Wow. And as a matter of fact, I have uh, two friends of mine, uh, Dr. Jose Fuentes and his wife, Rose. They, they work together. They have a practice in California. Pepe, that's what you call, Cubans call Jose is Pepe. It's a name. <laughs> but Pepe, I met Pepe when we were, uh, when I was, uh, we were both around 19 years old when uh -huh. we met. We were just kids. He was just starting in university. And when I had this massive breakdowns, like this emotional breakdown um, last year at the end, Pepe was really absolutely blown away because this man has spent 30 years as a therapist. Another therapist who's my best friend ever, Dr. René del Sol, um, he's known me since I was six years old. And both of them were shocked, absolutely shocked, shocked that they thought that I was absolutely one of them there in their whole practice their, the whole lifetime even though i never went to therapy with either of them because of what happened and i'll tell you um they were absolutely like their jaw dropped because of the fact in their mind i was their one example that they even used on their own patients to show them hey listen that's healthy that guy over there man he is that's how you handle this, right? Right. Right. And so the truth is that when this happened, it was 1975. And I, this happened in Miami, in the city of Opalaka. And um, a little uh, brief story is that I was uh, on summer vacation between fourth and fifth grade. And my sister, Clara, she was working at a, a laundry, a commercial laundry called New Way Uniform Supply. And in front of that, that business, they had cut open the street because they were going to widen it. It was just like a basically like a two-lane road, and they were going to make it like five lanes. And so all the construction gear was there. My mom took me so that we can bring my sister her lunch. And uh, there in the, in the rubble, as... Sister Tanya knows I'm a scientist. Yes. I've had a long career of doing science, building businesses and doing all these things and going out and meeting people and all that. And all that time, my spirit, my spirit at its core was not well, not well at all, right? And so I see in the, in the gravel, I see this shiny metal thing and I pick it up and I brought it home because it looked like an electronic part and it was tiny. It was like maybe the size like this, this large, like right here, see? Compare it to my little tiny thing with two wires coming out of it. And I took it home, plugged it in, and the thing exploded because it was actually an explosive. <sighs> they used dynamite in order to make the rubble that they put on the roads. That's, that rubble is called fill. So in the fill was an unexploded an explosive, an explosive that didn't explode at the quarry and I picked it up and it blew up and it was instant my hand you can see this scar here in the middle my hand literally ripped open 
ripped open all the way down, you know? And it was instant. And I remember, like, I got up. My mom and my dad were both doctors, our parents. And um, my mom had taken a nap. Imagine hearing a massive explosion and finding your little boy on the floor with everything that used to be my hand just sprayed everywhere. Ah. So she picked me up. And so I want to talk about the fact that it's not just us. It's not just us that have to go through a transformation. Our loved ones go right. through it. With us. I do. And it's a family affair. It is. It's a family affair. It affects all of us, right? Everyone. So 1975, the Vietnam War is going and it's raging. And this was so severe that the only place in Miami that could literally treat this um, was uh, Jackson Memorial Hospital. And at Jackson Memorial Hospital, it is adjunct to the Veterans Administration Hospital in Miami, the Ryder Trauma Unit. And so here's the deal. There's an 11-year-old baby in the middle of the Vietnam War. Well, they're sending soldiers back to Miami who were literally just children. These guys were 18, 19 years old. Yeah. Missing arms, missing legs, deformed, burned by all kinds of just chemicals and then shrapnel. And what happened is that this little 11-year-old boy was dropped into that situation, surrounded by all of these folks who were absolutely suffering. There's nothing like watching a Marine break down crying. Remember on the last episode when you and I were together, you were talking about getting getting scrubbed, right? Yeah. Getting clean. And so I would be sitting there, imagine a little boy, just absolutely like just listening to grown men yelling and crying, you know, to please stop. stop. Yeah. This is one of those episodes where I believe I am going to definitely cry because part of acceptance is going back. To and, that. Yeah, and absolutely being with, being with. And this is why it's so important for us to focus and learn on meditation will give you the ability to focus a moment on your breathing, on your breath in order to the wave of sorrow that you feel for it to pass and not feel like you are drowning. And I think that has helped me transform. So that's where it ties together, y'all. You know, I'd never meditated in my life until Ozzy sent me something and I did it. But it does allow me whatever number of minutes a day that I take for it, for yeah. me and for that, it's a process. It's a process. It's learning. You're learning a new normal, right? And yeah, it's you're a lifelong learning. When you're in your new normal, then you yeah. have to figure out, well, what is that? What now? <laughs> what now? Yeah. And so, and I remember distinctly, oh my God, the wax, where they would take your hand and dip it in wax. Oh, Molten wax. 
And uh, I was so terrified of the wax. I was terrified of having to literally pick up uh, these little posts made of wood. But my hand was so, so swollen, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And they so would they would tie tape. And just to, you know, get me to even go from here to here, right? And it was, I mean, it was gargantuan. It was just covered in, in just in bandages and all that. And so the morning when they would have to cut the bandage to change it, oh, dear God. And they would do that in the therapy room because they had the hydrotherapy where you could stick your hand in a, in a whirlpool. Um, and so... Here's where is the root of my never, ever, ever wanting to see a therapist. And it is because that was physical therapy. The word wow. therapy was tied in my mind and in my heart. Physical therapy. So immediately, even unconsciously, it was so painful, so painful, so painful, so absolutely yeah. horrific that... From that point on, I was like, screw this, never again. And so yeah. the, that really put the cherry on the cake for me was that when they would uh, wheel me in, in a wheelchair, at the entrance, someone had thought that that would be funny. But there was a large wooden sign right over the doorway to the therapy department. Uh -huh. And it said... Uh, Oh, wait. Oh, I lost the term. <laughs> Are you there? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I can hear you. I've never seen it do that before. <laughs> okay. But what did the sign say? So the sign said, torture chamber. I remember you telling me that. Torture chamber. The Marines said put it there, the young boys. Yep, and so, I mean, you know, they were literally dealing with I think that's one of the other things that I want to I want to throw out here for all of our beloved caregivers and all of the beloved psychologists and medical professionals is that every day because of the nature of your business make sure you come home and no different than you scrub up and take a shower and get ready for your evening make it a daily practice to deal with your trauma after having to deal with our trauma. And that's very big for me too, Brother Avi, because I do try to answer and read as many messages as I can and talk to as many people, and I love it. Don't get me wrong. Everyone out there, do not hesitate to message me. But we, I have to be aware that I have to have a place to soothe myself and that doesn't mean tell your stories or anything like that anything you tell me stays with oh yeah me. yeah we are but hipaa complaining kids you become part of me and i have yeah. to find a way to relax and i meditate to do yeah. that make sure that i'm centered and that all that energy is yeah. It's clear that I'm feeling good and happy because that and we release it at you the end to. of everything. Yeah. And and we will I'll I'll give you my own methodology and we'll do it at towards the like right before the uh the guided meditation later on. Uh -huh. So that hopefully, you know, this will help others, right? That are 
Yes. And so, so there I was, 11, and they used to tell me, they, uh, all of these soldiers, they, they used to call me the little soldier, little Marine, little Marine. And so their, their way of processing their trauma was to literally grit and curse and act as if that did not just happen. Gotcha. It was the absolute worst advice on the face of the earth because they were broken. They didn't know any better. They didn't know any better. And the staff themselves also, you know, they had to deal with a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot, so much. And but I remember multiple times that my therapists, there were three of them that would see me normally. They would cry. They would cry when when they had to, when they had to, when they had to do things that would hurt me. Because yeah. you know, it's it's just empathy is, is so profoundly important that we empathize, right? I have empathy that this is horrible, but sympathy, we take on the burden, right? Which that is that is that's a bit unhealthy. I usually don't do sympathy, and I've told people that I, I try. Sometimes I do because we're human. Yeah, but I, I usually am more geared towards empathy. Yeah, um, it used to be even before I got burned, y'all. You know, I was so empathetic that there would be times where I get, I didn't feel like being in a crowd of people because I could feel them all. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Well, I can feel people and I still do. So the blessing that I found in, you know, my transformation was yes. physical. I have a different face, but it also freed me up to use the talents that I have to yes. do the things that I always wanted to do, if that makes sense. You know, I can no always yeah other people i didn't i would have never guessed that it would be from having been burned but that was just my transformation you know you don't get to pick that it is you know, always sometimes you can you can choose something and say i'm going to do this and aspire towards it and sometimes your transformation is like ozzy brother ozzy and me and it's not something that you planned on and that's what we're talking about that's right, yeah, because this is thrown on you. <laughs> it literally, it's like you're not expecting it. This is not like anyone woke up one day saying, guess what, man? I yeah. want my world to get turned upside down today. Right, and that, mm -hmm. it's funny that you mentioned that because when I was on fire, I didn't see my life flash before my eyes. I saw my day. I couldn't figure out how I got out of bed that morning, got, yeah. did my makeup, had a day, sat by the fire pit, laughed so loud that my daughter came over and said she could hear it from the street, and then ended up laying on my driveway thinking, this is how I died. I couldn't figure that out. So that's what ran through my mind, and that's what stayed in my mind throughout the coma, I think, and after I woke up. So... It was from yes. that point that I had to find my new normal from pain yes. and why I I know now that's why I stayed in the house for two and a half years. It wasn't all about people staring at me. 
you know, my face, I did not have a face. I did not look like I do now. You, you yeah. could not identify a face. It took a lot of surgery. Yeah. But that wasn't really what was holding me back. Mm. It was the fact that I had accepted that I kept thinking that with enough surgery, my face will be just like it was before I got burned. That's not going to happen. You can't erase yeah. it. You can't go back. No, you, you, you're you're no coming back. It's not happening. So once I got to the point of acceptance, I where Burn Beauty came from. It was like, wait a minute, I can I can use what I've been through as a to to help other people and yes. feel myself healing as I do it. Don't you? Yeah. Yes, you absolutely. I think that's that's the other thing, right? Because that's what's so beautiful about the Burn Ambition community. Yeah. Is that we get to, we get to, as one family, we get to go on this journey together. And this journey is painful. It is absolutely painful. This is a journey that requires simply that we trust others as well, you know? And people who literally are doing their best not to hurt you, but it's just the nature of a renewal. Right. You know, you look at any seed, you plant it. I remember in elementary school, the first time I put a little seed inside of a bit of water with some cotton, and you look at the seed, and the seed is intact when you put it there, and the seed rips open, rips open. It's like a rip. And then out of that rip, this beautiful little tiny baby plant comes out. So transformation, the same thing happens. You know, we're nice and comfy in the womb, surrounded by all this yummy amniotic fluid. Everything is perfect. We are never hungry. We are being loved and we can hear our mother's heartbeat and we can hear our family outside telling us, beautiful things into mommy's tummy and then all of a sudden one day it really starts hurting and it starts pushing and pushing and pushing and whoop, we get popped into this existence so from the beginning from the beginning it doesn't matter by hook or crook you could be able-bodied or this say whatever whatever right it doesn't matter life has transformations from from pre-birth all the way through yeah. to uh, the decommissioning of our bodies right it's all a constant constant transformation and the thing is this that um we have a blessing that is priceless and it is that we have experienced what we have experienced why do I say this? When we are going through life without any challenges, um, life, uh, we can take it for granted. We often take it for granted. And when things are, when we're going along and things are just going perfectly well, yeah. we take that for granted. For granted. Not all, not so, yeah. Oh, yeah. And even now, like even now, right? 
in and out, which is perfect. And that's good. Life is supposed to be that way. However, there's a certain extra sweetness that happens when you understand. Like when I pick up a pen and then I become aware, I'm like, oh, my God, I am so grateful, okay, with Dr. Mann and Dr. Burkhalter, both of which don't exist anymore. And look at what they did. Oh, my gosh. This hand has no, no tendons inside of it. And look, I can do this. I can play a piano. I can play a ukulele, you know. And so what happens is that I do want to touch on the rest of this, which is, okay, that happened. I pushed it away. And I was not driven by curiosity, all of the science that I did and everything else. I've come to realize I was literally running away running away as fast as I can from what I knew was in here. Yeah. So this is the point I want to make to everyone. And it is that in my case, I'm going to talk about Ozzy Koto. All of a sudden, I think I was about 12 and a half years old the first time that I started self-medicating. I started with marijuana. Uh -huh. And I love marijuana. I think it's a, it's, it's a, medic it's a medicinal plant, however, however, one thing is medicinal in the sense that, okay, I've dealt with my junk. And then I'm going to use this maybe as a gateway into whatever, into like meditation or, or relaxing after, regardless. But it's quite another thing to use it in order to literally ignore, ignore what's happened to me and what is happening to me. To escape. Yes, absolutely. And so it's, it, it, be aware, family members in particular, that your loved one could be in so much pain, so much pain psychically, psychologically, so much pain physically, that they will start leaning into dangerous yeah. drugs. Mm -hmm. And when you see that, love on them, love on them, love on them. And if they misbehave to the point where it's like it becomes unbearable, then you're going to have to take steps in order to help that person to come back home. However, it's to be expected that this is so, so intensely, oh my God, it's so, so painful that they, it may happen. And again, don't judge them. Don't judge them. Give them love as much as you can. Be aware that there's danger, obviously, to them and to you, yeah. always. This is something so critical. However, again, do your best to be that person that they need in order to, for them to realize that they are loved, that they are understood, and that they are accepted right now just as they are. However... I have a thousand percent expectation that you will follow and take care of yourself and I'll right. be there for you. And right. I, you know, and, and it's, it, it could be tough love. Now getting to what happened finally back at, towards the end of the year, I had a complete breakdown because it was so many years of not addressing anything. And that night, I, I felt so desperate. I, I reached out to my nephews. I reached out to a couple of friends. 
And then I finally uh, reached out to uh, my uh, my friend Pepe. And Pepe, when he realized what was happening, he told me, Ozzy, you are the most intellectually, absolutely, like you, dude, you're, a, you're, an, you're an Olympian. I've, not, I've rarely met in academia, in my practice, anyone that has your level of intellect. And what I can tell you is that all these years, you have never, ever connected with your heart. You've never allowed your heart to feel, to truly feel. Because we have to feel what we feel in order for the transformation to happen. I like this. We push away that, that what's hurting us the change will never happen. You will. You're going to limp along and you're going to try to dance a tango on broken legs, okay? And you 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 might fake it, but boy, I'll tell you, there's no stopping that. So that night, what I dreamed was I came back to this castle and it was a vivid dream. It was so lucid, sis. It was like you and me, like being here, okay? And I came back to this castle. And as soon as I got to the doorway, the, 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 the protector, the protector opened the door and immediately showered so much rage on me. How dare you have left us here to deal with this? And you went on and you did your life. And then we're sitting over here. And I'm and I dropped to my knees and I dropped to my knees and I said and I started crying and I said I'm sorry you know please forgive me but I, I'm here now I'm here now I'm here now please let me in please let me in please let me in and the protector he took a moment and he was just going on and on about events literal events you know you could have had an opportunity to do this here and you didn't do this and blah 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 and you know what now okay all right come in and he opens the door and i go in there and oh my god sis in a lucid dream all of our senses work yeah i know all of in my coma all of my senses work oh, and yes the world thinks that you're like your eyes are closed, but no, dude, you're experiencing and you're having an experience. And so at that instant, cousin, when I stepped in, it smelled like death, like putrefaction. Yeah. It smelled so horrendous. I, I wanted to retch. But in front of me stood a crowd of these beings a crowd of beings and it was dark and it was scary, so scary. And the protector told me to step up, to go. And I heard a voice, look at them. You refuse to look at them, look at them now. And so I look and in front of me is this being that's probably under five feet tall. And its mouth was sutured shut really thick cord the mouth was couldn't speak and the eyes had been 
ripped out. So it was hollow. Imagine my terror at seeing such a creature. Just terrified, terrified. And that voice, which later on turned out to be this beautiful, beautiful angel, told me, cut the cord on the mouth. It's time to cut the cord. And I said, I, I, I don't want to touch. And I don't, I don't, how, how am I going to cut? I don't, I don't know. I can't, I don't have anything to cut it with. And I felt all of a sudden a tug on the left hip here. And I looked down and there's this beautiful golden scissors. Beautiful golden scissors with a beautiful, you know, on Burned Ambition, often I, I upload uh, images that I make using mathematics. These are called fractals. Yes. They're beautiful you and they're colorful. And this scissor was covered in fractals. Wow. And it's funny, the unconscious literally for years was telling me, hey, there's something really beautiful waiting for you. Right. And so I took the scissors and I'm crying and my hands are shaking and shaking and I cut and I cut the cord and it was hard to cut the cord. It was hard. But when that cord was cut, that being went. <laughs> Finally able to breathe. breathe. And the angel told me now. Replace the eyes. And I'm like, I, with what? <laughs> and I feel now on my right hip, another little tug, and there's a satchel. And in that satchel are a bunch of beautiful, beautiful eyes. I took two of those eyes and I put it into the, into the eye sockets. And at that instance, it was like, you've heard vapor, like... <laughs> So this thing became like this cloud. And this is the part that hurts so much. Oh, okay. What appeared in front of me was little Ozzy, 11-year-old me. I knew it. Baby Ozzy. the first time in my life that I was able to look at my hand. You so know what's so beautiful? To see it as it was. What's so beautiful? Okay. And, uh, yeah. And then all of the other creatures there were actually me at different ages. Right. Me at different. You know, there was 14-year-old me when a little girl that I fell in love with told me. Uh -huh. And I told her, hey, would you be my girlfriend? And she said, hey, um, with a hand like that, I would never be seen with, with you in public. So all these things... Yeah. that were transformative, really, that went on for all those years. And the thing yeah. about your dream, Ozzy, that I, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I know we're getting close to, we're at about. I see the timer, it's good. We can yeah. go over five minutes. So, um, but the thing that really gets me is that when you're in a coma, or even after you awaken from the coma, or I mean, even if you never were in a coma and you're just under the effects of all the medication they keep you under in the, I know the burn unit personally, and I'm sure that it applies to 
the cancer unit or, or you know, whatever. You have yeah. these dreams that are very, very lucid, like he said. Okay. I've talked about them before. They call them morphine dreams. And the uh, when, when you're under medication, they're called morphine dreams when you're awake. But they're so real. I, I spent a month afraid of what I thought was the the uh, uh, an angel of death or or something. And I know I don't normally say things like that, but it was that's what I dreamt. So if you're there and you're in that position and you're seeing these things, because I didn't know, I didn't know that they weren't real. Yeah, um, but, but they are real. They really are real to you from your perspective, right? From your perspective, they're real. But yeah. it was, there were certain things that I thought were happening that were not happening. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. I, I thought there was someone in the room that was not in the yeah. room and things like that. So, but well, I guess what I'm laboring to get to is even though some parts of it aren't real, there's still something to be taken from it. Uh, yes, absolutely. Because for me, all I did was look for my family and that was transformative for my family. Oh. Yeah, it, always looking for them. Yes, for my it transformed my um, marriage at the at the time. You know, we got very close, very close. It transformed my son's life. My nurse, um, I mean, my daughter became a nurse instead of a veterinarian. It was transformative. It, yes, it touches everyone. Yes, it does. Yep. And the beauty is what I would like to for everyone to understand that there is a type of therapy, it's called internal family systems therapy that explains to a T these experiences that we've had. And there's, it's a beautiful modality of therapy that I would recommend to everyone, absolutely everyone, because it allows us to respect those parts of us, those are called parts. Little Ozzy is yeah. a part of it, right? Those parts need love. Yeah. They need acceptance. Those parts need it. What happened was like right when little Ozzy, um, that morning I woke up, my pillow was just covered, just wet with tears. And it was the first time that I cried in all those 47 years, truly cried. Yeah, grieving, finally grieving, grieving, because grief is a gift. It's really important to grieve and to accept the grievance that we're having, because in that grief is everything that's necessary in order for the new normal to become peaceful. Yeah. And absolutely blessed. And you know? I, I don't know about you. I do know about you. We're absolutely blessed now. Yes, we are blessed. We're blessed beyond comprehension. You know, the amount of love that we have received from all of our cousins and total strangers. There's so much gratitude in our hearts. Sister Tanya and I, we, we always, that's some, I think that's one of the most yummy topics of conversations that we have every couple of weeks yeah we're like man what are you grateful for now it's like oh my gosh right yeah. and so yeah. to everything if you can 
be grateful, but acceptance is is the key ring. That's what you have to find first. You need to find, yeah. you need to get through that acceptance because I just could not believe it. I sat all night thinking, the other night thinking, I, I, I have not been keeping up with myself. I've been so busy trying to accomplish things. I have big things that I want to do in the world of being a nonprofit and, and being a, a health yeah. Just being, what is the word, Ozzy? Just being well, there, just, be, just helping people. Right, yeah, yeah. And it, so, and it, begins, it begins with self-love. That's, that's right. all about acceptance. It begins here at home. Once yeah. we do the acceptance, then that literally unleashes a superpower in us called healing, right? I and know. gratitude, I... gratitude, literally gratitude is the language of healing. And, and that gratitude that hit me the other night because I've accepted things, mm-hmm. I've healed. I can. There was a point where I would never be seen with my arms out like this. It was like, oh no, I've got to. For the rest of my life, I need to cover that up, and I always need to wear makeup. And now I love makeup, but I don't always wear it now. And uh, yeah. th- but that all came to be in the in. It, it took years for me. It didn't take as many years as you took. But what I want people to know. Is that there's not any particular time frame? No, two and a half. You spent four seven, but we're both still here. We're still here, and we're so blessed, so blessed in our purpose. So, don't worry about yeah. Worry about the time that comes when it should, and whether you're Christian or Buddhist, or just understand that the power greater than us in the universe. There's something that controls things, yeah. try to give your burdens to that so that you can go. heal. Yeah, and it's, and it's absolutely, it's a beautiful thing because, you know, that is what one thing that I do want to make sure that as we bring all of this home now towards the end, I do want to underline 30, 40,000 times with a big yellow marker is that you are experiencing the most amazing journey of your life when you are called to go through something like what we've been through. It's a beautiful journey. I cannot even begin to tell you how many people have been literally brought into my life because when I shook hands with them, they were like, oh, there's something different about this. And I'm like, and then we immediately, this is the thing that's so beautiful about your acceptance of like being seen, you know, with your arms and all that, I assist. And it is this, right? When another person who doesn't have any kind of visible injury, when they encounter folks like us, it gives them an opportunity to visit within themselves and see, you know what? Life is good. Life is good. Yeah. When we see someone who has a, a, a beautiful spirit, we get to be inspired. There's an inspiration. That's the one thing about our Burn Ambition family. These are the most inspirational people I have ever met. I know, and I, 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 I watch it. 
I watch what y'all are doing. Y'all don't know it. I'm the I'm that one like peeking. I, even though I started the group, I'm the one like oh, what? Right? I can't believe this. I'm the one just peeking, and I come out every once in a while and say something. But oh my I gosh, created that group um, because I wanted there to be a safe space and a virtual world where. I know it's safe because I can reach in and control it when I need to. But then I realized, you know, after being with Ozzy that I can't, I can't keep my hands on and eyes on everything. And the person suited to um, be burned ambition, to moderate it is Ozzy because burned ambition is not about being burned. It's about the transformation that happened to me after I was pregnant. It's about it's about what I found. That ambition that I have now where I'm always working, always pushing. I want yeah. to have a nonprofit that goes on long after my body is as 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 expired. You know, I I that ambition came as a blessing from what was originally a tragedy, and it was a tragedy. You can call it that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't was a tragedy, but it's not anymore. But you have to show up and do the work. It doesn't just automatically change because the yeah. told us that it did not automatically change. Even though it was forty-seven years, he had to stop one day. This dream comes to him. He had to stop one day and start showing up for himself and doing the work to see 11-year-old Ozzy. Yes, to yeah. hug this little guy. This is something that I that I am just, that's what I'm baking literally into the course that I'm almost done now that we're going to be offering in, in Burned Ambition. Wow. And it's, the course is all about like walking you lovingly with all the love I have in my heart walking you to accepting where we are right now because from that point from that point on man oh my god magic happens oh it is so beautiful and wonderful so beautiful and wonderful everything i this season is called layer cake y'all and i'm here to tell you ozzy your layer cake has brought you to be just so gentle and sweet and I, I, I know people see it just the way you talk and the way I feel when you talk. And I know people are hearing that and they're like, oh, he's just so sweet. So we're over time. And the one thing that I do want to do, if you ever meditated, don't be against it. I'm Christian. Meditation is taking time for yourself and opening up your mind for you. And let's, can we do, can't you do a quick one? Yeah. Yeah, but we're going to do it nice and, because, you know, this is an emotional topic, and I know that a lot of our cousins may be feeling some kind of way right now. I know I'm feeling some kind of way, because it hit a lot of things for me. It does. That were difficult, And, and, but mostly, I feel... You can see in my eyes that I feel the sadness, but I also feel the gratitude and the joy because yeah. I'm sitting here doing this. So please, please guide us and then we'll let you all 
go. You can, yeah, well, you can stay with us or you can just watch and learn what it's about, okay? <laughs> so, all right. Don't have to do it, but we want to both, Sister Tanya and I, we both want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts for you being here. And thank you so, so, so much for all of the beautiful, beautiful messages and well-being that you wish on us. You know, we really want to acknowledge that, guess what? We live because you live. We live because you live. You've literally made our lives better. Now, for those of who are maybe a little concerned about meditation and that sort of thing, meditation is literally just paying attention in a very particular way. Now, as a Christian, I will ask at the beginning of my meditation for those who are Christian and you have a relationship with your spiritual, um, well, with God, right? With your creator. That was the word I was looking for. You have a relationship with your creator, your redeemer. Thank your creator. Thank your redeemer. We will begin by thanking the creator, the redeemer, the one, this beautiful, beautiful universe that is here that we are in. We thank you for this moment and we invite you to be in us. This all loving being, be with us. Because you know, when there are two or three that are gathered in that name, in that presence, then, then we are literally inviting healing, emotional, spiritual support, mental support to come in and to bring us to a place of gratitude. So our guided meditation to end the podcast today is to embrace change. So cousins, I composed a loving, uplifting, guided meditation about healthy acceptance of the inevitability of change. It's inevitable. So let's accept it with health and with gratitude and with absolute childlike joy that we are getting to discover a brand new us, that curiosity. So now let's close your eyes if you can or if you wish. You can keep them open. There's no right or wrong way. Stand, just sit with a nice and tall with your back in a very dignified position because we want to open our lungs to allow the breath of life to come in deeply. And so we're just going to take a moment to breathe in through our nose, and then we breathe out through our mouth. Now let's allow your body to relax and let go of any tension. We are in a safe, loving home that Sister Tanya has created for all of us. And if you have your eyes closed, and it's fine if you're laying down as well, some of us are not able to sit up and it's okay, lay down. And I want you to imagine right now, imagine yourself standing in a beautiful open field. Mm, the sun is shining down on you, warming your skin, 
filling you with a sense of peace and contentment because Sister Tanya and Cousin Ozzy, we are with you. And if you invited your creator to be with you, your creator is here with all three of us and with you or so let's imagine now as you look around, you notice that this field is alive with change. The world is alive with change. All the flowers are going and they are blooming, swaying gently in the breeze. Oh, look at the trees. They're changing color. Their leaves are rustling. You hear that? And they fall to the ground during different seasons. And as you take in the beauty of the changing landscape, remind yourself that change is a natural and beautiful part of life. It is an inevitability, but it's also an opportunity for growth and for renewal. We see it in the seasons, especially in the northern parts where all the trees lose their leaves and then spring happens and everything just comes right back to life. <gasps> oh, how wondrous and magical. Now imagine yourself embracing this change with open arms, recognizing in gratitude that change can be scary. Mm. Oh, yeah. Each change that comes your way. Not only are you more resilient, these changes have brought us new friends, new family, all the caregivers and therapists and doctors and the pharmacists and random people in the streets that approach us because they're curious. They've never seen anyone as beautiful or as different as we are. And they are called to us because that is our gift, to stick out like a sore thumb in the world. Because now we have an opportunity to a little child who asks me, what happened to your hand? Oh, son, what happened to my hand is that I became a new man a better man, a loved man. So now we're going to take another deep breath in. And as we exhale, ah, let's imagine any fear, feel the fear and any resistance you may have towards change, just leaving our body, giving us, oh my God, this relief. Oh, it feels so good. It leaves our bodies. And so we release any negative thoughts now at the end. And we release our worries and we let them drift away in this beautiful, yummy breeze that was swaying the flowers and swaying the trees and carrying the leaves and carrying away our burdens to be dealt with by our creator. And as you continue to stand in this beautiful field, remind yourself, that change is a necessary, very necessary and beautiful part of life. Accept 
with an open heart, with an open heart and a positive, grateful attitude and trust that everything is working out for the best of you and your family and your loved ones and your friends. Now, when you are ready, we're going to take one final deep, deep, deep breath. And it's going to be very, very slow. So we're going to breathe in for a count of six or seven. Breathing in. We hold it for a little moment and we smile, smile, smile and feel gratitude in your heart. Smile at your heart. And now we let it out slowly, silky breath. Let it out slow through the mouth. Feeling calm, peaceful and ready to embrace whatever changes come your way. God, we love you so much, cousin. You don't understand how much we love you. We put in so many hours together yes. bringing you this gift of our lives that we have vowed to each other and we have vowed to you that we are your family, especially when the world shuns you, especially when you feel misunderstood. Come home, come home, come home, come home. Come home to Burned Ambition. Come home to the podcast every week. Come home. Your family loves you and we're waiting for you with open arms and open heart. And guess what? We will cry with you. We will laugh with you. Oh my God. And we will praise you. You. Yes, you. We will praise you because you know what? It takes a special kind of person which is you, to integrate and use as fuel, use as a motivator to bring you to this beautiful new normal. Man, you know what? I would not trade this for the world. I would not trade this for the world. And I'll tell you why. Because you, some of you are going to become mommies and daddies one day. And I'm hoping that you'll introduce them to your cousin, Uncle Ozzy, Grandpa Uncle Ozzy, because I want you to realize there's nothing sweeter. And I'm telling you from my own personal experience, when my first nephew was born, BJ, one of the first things that baby did, once he realized there was something different, he would take this little pinky and he would take it and he would, oh my God, he would just sit there like this. He'd be drinking his milk and he'd be, and he would fall asleep so peacefully. And it was the literally the first time in my life where I saw my little hand and I said, wow, wow. And the same thing happened with my nieces and my other nephews. And the same thing happened to both of my sons. And now this weekend, my grandniece, Ivy, I cannot wait to see her do the same thing. Because these are so nice and soft and they're round and they're not, they won't hurt you. They won't like scratch you. We have been blessed. Oh, we are more than blessed. And you all see why I brought Ozzy this week. 
we're running a little late, so we're going to wrap it up. But I don't think we're running late. We're just behind schedule because now I'm feeling very relaxed. But you'll be seeing Ozzy a lot more often, like every week, because he offers a different perspective than I do. He is so kind and wise because he has experienced this in a different way. Mine has been a lot more rapid. In four years, I have come to this. But this is 47 years. And then maybe for you, it's 30. And then maybe somebody else is like two years. It's all right. It's all okay. As long as you can find your acceptance weekend. If you follow this, pretty sure you can do it a little bit quicker. <laughs> we're, we're here yeah. for you that you can do a little bit right. quick, but right. it's okay. Just find your acceptance. And I liked your metaphor about the seasons. Just like the seasons change, we change. We and do. we don't know that, but we don't think about it enough because a lot of you that contact me have internal scars and those are harder, harder, harder to heal. And I have them, my skin healed faster than my internal scars did, just as for Ozzy. 11 year old but right. the about transformation this week is just know that just like the seasons change just like you keep hearing about your new normal that a tragedy or an accident or an illness with acceptance and with belief and showing up for yourself every day, which means working on yourself every day, being kind to yourself, being honest with yourself. These things try, easily turn a tragedy into a blessing. Absolutely, and yes. Blessed okay. in what I do every day. You guys are messaging me now, and I want to thank you so much. You don't thank know what you do with the love that you give me. You don't know what it does for me. And the love that Ozzy and I have for you, it, mm, say yeah. we love you, it, mean it. You know, it's it's true, unconditional love. So Ozzy, I have to wind it up just for the sake of time on, good. on, on, the, on the Facebook, but I hope you all enjoyed it and, um, I hope to see you next week. Please do tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Both Ozzy and I, thank you so much. Thank you very much. We love you. We love you. Mean yes. it. So whatever you're going to We are living it. We are living this love for you. It's not even a meaning. This is like, oh, my God. We're so blessed you're here. Thank you. Thank you for joining me this week, and, and we'll bring you every week, and uh, we'll talk more, and we'll keep it a little more brief, but this week, think about it. Think about that transformation and where it fits in your life. Is there something that needs to be transformed or something that is already transformed that maybe you didn't notice because I had that this week? Something has changed that I didn't realize because I wasn't keeping up with myself. So whatever you're going through, please remember that this too shall pass. Ozzy. Love you. See you. Love you all. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember to subscribe, like, follow, share, comment, and just send us messages. We'll read them 
and answer you. Love you. Bye. Love you. See you.